Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are, gentlemen, start your engines. The NASCAR Cup playoffs are getting started. Steven Strasburg calling it quits. The 49ers ship Trey Lance off to Dallas. Another running back gets a new deal in the NFL. The NFL season is just around the corner, previewing the AFC West division. College football is back in full force, predicting who will win in week one's biggest games. With that, I give you our chief our fire brigade, Rob Cowan. Thanks, Colton. Yep, I uh, appreciate that. Now we're uh, live on a Thursday night in Matt's basement studio. Got college football on the monitor here, so life is good. Uh, let's get right into it with some NASCAR news. The playoffs start this weekend. The round of 16 has been set. Um, you know, they'll they'll head off to Darlington for the race. You know, they'll do three, kind of like they've done here in the past. They'll do three races and then narrow it down to 12. Um, you know, it's looking at the at the 16, you know, it's, it's a pretty mixed lineup. Got some veterans in there, you know, guys with a couple championships under their belt and like Kyle Busch and Joey Logano. Um, got one first timer in there that uh, first time in the playoffs and Bubba Wallace. Um, some some second timers in there, but the guy sitting out up top had five wins and nine top five finishes this season is uh, Chevrolet driver William Byron, and uh, Vegas has given him the best odds right now at five to one to win this thing. So, what do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, it's good good to see Bubba Wallace there in the in the lineup. Um, you know, we talked about it a couple couple weeks ago on the show. You know, having probably one of his best. Um, you know, best seasons since, you know, making the switch to, you know, the Jordan, Jordan team. Um, so, you know, happy he's been hovering around kind of that cut line, you know, in the playoffs, out of the playoffs all, all season or whatever, but, uh, you know, was able to be the last, the last one in number, number 16 driver to, to get in there and you just got to get in, right? Yeah. Get in there and see what, see what you can do. Um, you know, um, you know, drivers can advance to the next round in, in kind of one of two ways. Um, if they win at all during these next three races, they're automatically into the, you know, into the round, round of 12. 12. Um, and then obviously the rest of it then is just based on, you know, points, you know, mm-hmm. points position. Uh, you gotta be obviously the top, top 12, you know, points wise, um, in order to, uh, you know, move, move on to the, to the, to the next round. And, uh, like Dad mentioned, there you know it's set sets of three races uh, before obviously we get to the last the last race the championship race is just you know one and one and done but uh, you know leading up to that point we'll have you know a set of of three races where the the last you know race of that of the uh, of the three will be the what they call the elimination race where mm-hmm. they'll you know cut it from, uh, each time eliminate you know four drivers that uh, you know don't make don't make the cut. Um, so yeah, like Dad said, gonna get it kicked off this this weekend at, at Darlington, and then the track too tough to tame. Um, the last uh, last two races then are at Kansas Speedway, and then uh, the elimination little, race is Bristol Bristol Motor Speedway. Short track down in Bristol. Yeah, yep. so it's uh, gonna be gonna be exciting stuff. Uh, but yeah, it, it, William it, Byron would have been a little farther up in the points if this team hadn't gotten penalized here recently they mm-hmm. were had some points taken away but mm-hmm. uh you know still sitting at number one and right um you know like i said i, I think it's a mixed bag matt what mm-hmm. what you got to add in here yeah definitely a mixed bag and it, you know i find it interesting though a couple of these guys have have teammates that made the field i, I think that's going to become a big advantage here you got like guy like william byron who uh chase Elliott's his teammate didn't make the field i know he's still going to be in some of these races but 
they're not going to be racing on that same strategy. I don't think where one's just trying to stay alive in the playoffs, the other one, you know, falling off. But you got got guys like uh, Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney are teammates there for for uh, Team Penske. So that, that's a, a nice nice combo there to have. And you know, you also got the the combo of Denny Hamlin and, and Daryl Wallace or Bubba Wallace Jr. There. So I. It, you know, two nice combos to, to have that help there. I think that's going to help Wallace along with the leadership of Hamlin to help him, those two helping each other. I think that gives Hamlin a, a big edge here, being third coming into this thing. So, you know, I, I look for some of these teams to be more of a deciding factor than, you know, being this the, the single guy coming into this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a guy that I'm I'm kind of looking there and a guy that really shot up the leaderboard, and that's, uh, you know, Chris Brucher there uh, sitting at number – num- Yeah, Busher at number yeah. – Number four, he's uh, kind of the last five races. He won three out of the the last five races coming into the you know coming into this playoff. So if there's a guy that you know, and sometimes in other sports, obviously it's not always the best coming team hot, you yeah. know that that wins it. It's you know the team or you know guy or player or team that's uh, you know the hottest at the time. And uh, you know nobody you know I think hotter than than Chris right now. You know jumping, moving all the way up that leaderboard in the top, you know, in the top five there. So uh, definitely going to be, going to be looking out for, for him, um, you know, coming up, uh, see what, what he can do, keep that hot streak alive and, you know, see if he can, uh, you know, somewhat be somewhat of a dark horse. Obviously, you know, you got the, 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 you know, kind of the favorites up there towards the top, but, you know, a guy that's kind of maybe on the outside looking in a little mm-hmm. bit, but uh, yeah, be, be interesting to, to see what, what happens, but yeah, a guy that's been racing real well here as right. of late. And one, one other interesting note, there's three guys in this field that haven't had a win this season. You got Brad Kozlowski, uh, Bubba Wallace and uh, Kevin Harvick. All right. three mm-hmm. made the field without a win. Yeah. So, I mean, that speaks for their consistency night. though, which right. could, be, could be good yeah. here as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kevin Harvick hasn't won a championship since 2014, you know, yeah. so he's got to be, you know, he's the itching, old man. Itching. Yeah, and Kyle Busch, you know, two-time champ in 15 and 19. But I kind of like Martin Truex sitting at number two there. You know, he is a past champion. He had only had three wins, but he also had nine top five finishes. And like I said, past champion in 2017. Now I think, you know, the pressure is not going to get to him. So I, I like Martin Truex sitting there in second. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll uh, yeah, keep keep you updated as, you know, we'll, we'll keep – you know, keep up with this thing as we kind of eliminate drivers. We'll, you know, keep it, keep you updated on who's moving on, who got eliminated. And, you know, we'll, we'll count you down all the way to the, the final four guys and, uh, you know, that final championship race and see who's uh, hoisting the, the NASCAR Cup trophy. So, sounds good. All right. Well, uh, as Colton said, Steven Strasburg's announced his retirement. You know, he's kind of been injury plagued in the past couple years. He, he was a World Series MVP in 2019 and, and re-signed a seven-year deal right after that. And since then, he's only had eight starts, only pitched three in the third innings, and he's got a ERA of 6.89. But, you know, his lifetime ERA is 3.24, 113 wins, 62 losses. Right. You know, spent his whole whole career with the Nats. Um you know, I, you know, I can remember him coming out. He was a phenom coming out. Mm-hmm. And to me, he lived up to the hype. Yeah. You know, he was a dominant pitcher when he was, when he was healthy and, you know, and it took the Nats to that world series right. back in, in 2019. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, if you look at that 2019 season, you know, basically led the nationals to their first title, you know, in franchise history, but you know, that was a great season for him all around, you know, not just in the in the playoffs, but, you know, in the regular season, he went, you know, 18 and six that year, um, which led the national league in, in number of wins. 
You um, get to Cy Young that year as well. He, did, he actually, I don't think he I did. Mean, I don't think, think he did. did. I, I yeah. looked through his stats and didn't notice any Cy Young. Yeah, yeah. Odd. Um, but uh, you know, also on top of that, not only did he lead the National League in wins, but also led the league, led the National League in, in innings pitched with two hundred and nine innings pitched that that year. So, um, and then you know he continued that momentum through the playoffs, um, and even you know went went five and zero in the playoffs with mm. a one point nine eight ERA. Amazing. And uh, you know, picked up two wins in the World Series against the Houston Astros that that year. So you know, for him, that was that was kind of his his big his big season, probably right. one of his greatest seasons. You know, as a part of his 13 year career. Um, but yeah, a guy that obviously came in with a ton of hype. You know, was the number one overall pick. You know, back in uh, you know several several years ago. Um, so yeah, just a guy that yeah had a lot of hype coming around him. But I think you know, ultimately, yeah lived up to to the hype of a number one when he was healthy he was dominant yeah the guy was the guy was great you know i think it's also you know kudos to him for sticking with the nationals i mean obviously Mm -hmm. his first where people are moving everywhere right and uh you know with the nationals chasing championships it took a took a while before the nationals got you know got good because you know even his first several years in the league it wasn't like the nationals were were any good or you know whatever so they kind of built that team around him yeah he was yeah the, he was the you know the base of that he was the foundation of that mm-hmm. team and, right and yeah I, I agree with you colton cooperstown i uh, think so, so. yeah I, w- I would think so um i don't i don't know maybe not first ballot guy but definitely you know we'll be we'll be in in you know in the hall of fame um uh, but uh you know i think yeah a guy that yeah i think that dominant like that you year, that yeah. year, that 2019, mm-hmm. and then you know, not fading into playoffs as you got, you know, because you know, let's face it, you are coming up against the best hitters as mm-hmm. well, right? So, you know, and, you know, and that 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 Astros team was was uh, pretty stacked, was stacked. Right. So, right. to you know, to have two wins in the World Series and get the MVP, I think that's kind of what pushes him over the top. Yeah, yeah I think like Colton said, if if he does, it definitely won't be first ballot. I think it's going to take a couple of votes to get him in. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, he had that that great season in 2019, but I, the injuries really really, really hurt derailed. his overall yeah. career stats. I mm-hmm. mean, 3.24 overall oh, yeah. ERA. You, right. see, you look at that in comparison to some of the greats in Cooperstown, and mm-hmm. that that doesn't really stand up. Mm-hmm. Only 100. I mean, I, I'm saying only 113, but only 113 wins. You right, got some right. of these guys like Greg Maddox who right. are way up. Uh, what right. was it 300? I think right. his yeah. overall. Right. You know, it, it, crazy. You stuff. start comparing those numbers and. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes a harder case for him, even right. though he had that amazing Ma- season. Yeah, magical year, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I finished finished his career also with uh, um, just over 1,700 strikeouts as and well. And, you know, there was some talk of him trying to rehab again, mm-hmm. you know, and come back from this latest injury. But I think, you know, he just kind of saw the handwriting on the wall. I mean, and- yeah, he just did just turn 35 in, in July, which, I mean, it's, you know, Getting old for, for baseball, you know, yes. and especially a pitcher, you know, mm-hmm. after as many injuries as he had, obviously there's only a few that can keep going much past that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Verlander and, and, uh, you know, uh, oh gosh, uh, guys blanking, um, uh, for the, for the Rangers, but, uh, but anyways, you know, it, it, there's only a handful of guys that, you know, can, you know, pitch longer, mm-hmm. you know, into their, you know, lifetimes get into their forties and whatnot. So at, at 35, yeah, it's, unfortunate but it's you know kind of old old for a baseball guy or you know at least a, a major league starter uh, mm-hmm. pitcher pitcher in the league but uh you know it it you know i think he yeah had a had a decent career for a number one pick you know lived up to the 
to the hype there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, you know, see what, what he does, you know, after, after baseball. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's great, you know, great to see him, you know, out there on the mound and, you know, get to witness, you know, some of his, some of his greatness that he, you know, was able to, able to do for, for a nationals team that, uh, you know, desperately needed, you know, somebody to help kind of turn the, turn the franchise around. And he definitely was, uh, was that, was that piece for them. That guy. All right. Well, let's move on to the pigskin here. Uh, we had a, a big trade, you know, I didn't really, I didn't see this coming, mm-hmm. you know, Trey Lance from the 49ers to Dallas for a fourth rounder in 2024. You know, this guy was the third overall pick in 2021. And now, you know, he's going to Dallas. He's going to be Dax, you know, backup. And uh, I think, I think, you know, the 49ers were quarterback heavy with, mm-hmm. you know, starter Brock Purdy and, and uh, Sam Darnold out there on the West coast now, mm-hmm. but uh I don't know. I was still a little surprised at this. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think for me, I'm a little. I think I'm more surprised that it was the Cowboys that mm-hmm. took the took the flyer on him. Um, you know, I I thought it would be somebody that maybe needed a quarterback or maybe a, a starting quarterback more than. But you know, with it being so late in the season, and you know, I mean, we're a week away from from you know starting the regular season. It you know at this time. If you don't know who your starting quarterback is going to be, you, you, you got, got you got some big issues mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, just you know, surprising to me that yeah, the Cowboys decided to take the take the bait or you know uh, take a take a flyer on this one from the 49ers and you know go out there and I mean again they didn't didn't give up a ton to get him, but uh, you know just yeah, it will be interesting to see how this you know kind of plays out for for a Cowboys team that you know, has, has put their faith up until this point in, in Dak Prescott, but right. uh, you know, we'll, uh, you know, in the NFL QBs, you know, come and come and go pretty quick. Um, so you can fall out of, you know, fall out of good graces, you know, pretty quickly. So we'll right. see, see what happens. It, you know, like you said, I, I was a little surprised it was the Cowboys, but I wasn't surprised Lance was traded. Right, the minute right, he right. was dropped, uh, demoted to third string, right. you, you knew he was going to be out the door. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everybody's saying the Cowboys are signing him to be the backup. They're, they're really not. They're signing him to be their third string quarterback. The mm-hmm. backup's still Cooper Rush, the guy who came in and won games for the Cowboys mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. He's still on the roster. They signed him to a new deal in the offseason. So that's still the primary backup. Right. So there, there's no pressure on Lance. He, he's there to learn mm-hmm. and, and hopefully right. get better. So, you know, I, I think it, it's worth a flyer on a young guy like that mm-hmm. to see if he can develop into something. But, you know, Will Greer was having a great offseason for the Cowboys, or preseason anyway. Mm-hmm. He, he's playing really well. I thought he could have been a serviceable backup there in Dallas as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I, I'm not sure you, you trade that what seemed to be kind of a known commodity for mm-hmm. what's not really known. But mm-hmm. the, the upside's there, you know, yeah. lot, you lots su- of value. I guess there. I was more surprised that they didn't get more out of him. But I guess them not There's really need – I guess the Cowboys, you know, like you said, Matt, they didn't really need another – quarterback of you know and they, they made him a third string quarterback he was right. giving up much more than a fourth rounder for, well, for what mean, you deemed to be your third best option on right your team. well and it's right. just at this point we haven't seen another there's not right. a large enough sample size with right two and two. to I mean, say you know a number three overall pick right. you know mm-hmm. just a, you know two years ago right um and you only get a fourth round pick and what they gave up to get them they gave up their 2021 first round their 2022 first round their 2023 first round and their 2022 third round right those guys ended up being micah parsons of the dallas cowboys offensive lineman cole strange to the pats uh linebacker channing tindall to miami and uh Defensive lineman Brian Breesy, mm-hmm. uh to yeah. the Saints. So yeah. I, I mean, a lot of talent that you 
gave up the option of drafting to get, to third, get this right? guy. Yeah, right. yeah absolutely. Now you're, now you're throwing it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, well, I mean, so, you know, and who knows what's going to happen in San Francisco with you know Brock Purdy has looked good, but. I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what he, you know, obviously the, the great season he had, you know, last year, Mr. Mr. Irrelevant being mm-hmm. thrust in there because they didn't have any other option. They right. were, you know, down QBs with Garoppolo and Lance, both, both injured. You know, they throw Brock Purdy in there and now you know, Jimmy G's gone. So. Right. They set the world on fire. But, you know, was that just a, a flash in the pan? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, not enough teams had. Any tape or, or you know ready to you know they probably didn't even have college tape right, on him right, or right. right yeah, yeah. Um, so it was uh, yeah we'll, we'll see if that was you know a short lived thing uh, I mean, obviously yeah the 49ers are going going all in on you know on Brock Purdy being their you know next franchise guy um, you know it, it'll be be interesting obviously you know Sam Darnold the guy that you know was a high pick himself but uh, you know has kind of bounced around here and um, you know we'll we'll see obviously if, if Purdy can hold up and, you know, not, you know, not get himself injured, you know, does, at least, does, yeah, at least does, I guess the 49ers have somewhat of a formidable back. Does you know, Trey Lance up. take over at the number two spot? It's, you know, Sam Darnold can't get it together. Right. I don't know. Um, we'll see what, uh, you know, what happens. I don't, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, it's very, very odd to me. Yeah. That they, you know, were able or willing to just let this guy walk so quickly, I yeah. guess, you know, to, to spend, you know, a third pick on, on a guy that, you know, I, I, and I'm not, I honestly, I don't think that they should have drafted him number three overall to begin right. with. That was I, a high I, risk. I think it was low yeah, reward option uh, because what I was reading, the Cowboys actually had, you know, back in 2021 on their draft board, they actually had Trey Lance listed as kind of a early to mid second rounder mm-hmm. and they're in their draft board. Um, so for the 49ers to jump, you know, all the way to top, five top three you know that, right. that that's a pretty big you know pretty big jump and so it just um yeah very very surprising that they were you know gave away so much to get him but then you know quickly just abandon abandon so it um i guess lucky for them they they hit on brock purdy mr Arella, yes. yes. so it, it kind of levels itself that. yeah levels itself out it just makes you think it's like man we got our quarterback with literally the last pick right. we didn't have to trade all of yeah. those picks to get our guy you know we literally could have drafted anybody else and uh you know we still would have had our guy at Mm -hmm. at at the qb position so it just you know obviously yeah hindsight's 2020 you know things happen you know much much like you know tom brady you know that tom brady wouldn't you know be where he was without the injury to to drew bledsoe you know whatever so it just you know funny how things you know things work and uh sometimes all it takes is just getting getting that opportunity and getting that that moment that chance and you know brock purdy you know seized his opportunity and uh you know maybe those 49ers he doesn't get injured in that eagles game maybe the 49ers are playing for a super bowl and potentially winning the super bowl so you know i did this yeah Sometimes, you know, one play or, you know, a couple of plays can be can be the difference in, in a game or, you know, in, in somebody's career. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how, how it works out for, you know, for Trey Lance in, in Dallas. Um, you know, yeah, I think he's got a got an opportunity to be a part of a, you know, a winning another winning franchise um, and learn from, you know, one of the, the better quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. league in, in Dak Prescott. So, uh, yeah, we'll see see what what he can do. Um, but, you know, I think, yeah, at the end of the day it comes down to. Can he get the reps? Can he get the opportunities mm-hmm. to, to really showcase himself and, you know, prove that he 
deserves to be, you know, a starter, a starter in this in this league. But uh, you know, we'll, tough we'll, not to time, crack. Yeah, time will time will tell at this point. So very good. All right. Well, uh, our last, you know, kind of on a individual basis, uh, Josh Jacobs signed a one-year deal, which seems to be the norm now for uh, running backs around the league. They're doing these one-year deals because of, you know, the short lifespan, I think, or career span, not lifespan, career span of, you know, an NFL running back signed a one-year deal for just under $12 million with some incentives will be, you know, have the opportunity to make right at $12 million. You know, he, he's, he led the league in rushing last year, 2022, led the league, um, and has averaged almost 1,200 yards a season it's is four years in the league all with the Raiders um and 4.4 yards per carry so he's got good numbers he's got good stats I mean I I know he was probably looking for something a little more long term but it, it looks like this has kind of been the, the norm this right now for, norm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah yeah I don't know uh, I think I think it serves the Raiders well to sign re-sign this guy mm-hmm. um but you know we'll see if he can if he can keep producing at the same level that he has going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, this is a guy that, you know, uh, the team somewhat took a, took a gamble on him um, in the sense that, you know, last year they didn't pick up his, his fifth year option as a part of his, you know, rookie, rookie deal. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that, you know, was kind of in the back of his mind or, you know, kind of burnt him or rubbed him the wrong way, but you know, what does he do? He comes out and has, you know, probably the best season of his career mm-hmm. last year. Um, you know, ran for 1,600 yards, a little over 1,600 yards, um, which, you know, led the league in rushing last year, which is the first time since 1985 that a Raiders running back has led the league <laughs> in, in uh, you know, in, in rushing. So, you know, he goes out and does that. Um, he also uh, did a little bit in the, in the passing game. He caught almost 50, a little over 50 passes again, you know, 50 passes last year for about 400 receiving yards, which is, you know, career highs for, for him. So yeah, I think about half his career receiving total, he's only got 1,152 career receiving yards. So yeah, he definitely was, you know, the spark for that, you know, the Raiders weren't very good last year, but you know, I'd hate to see what they would have been without him on the field. I mean, this is a guy that, yeah, lit it, lit it up from, from everywhere. And it, it, um, you know, kind of, goes against maybe what Josh Daniels wants to do from an offensive philosophy. He's usually a guy that, you know, likes to have running back by committee. Um, but, you know, I think once he started to see what they had, you know, in, in Josh Jacobs last year, it was like, man, how do we keep getting this guy the ball? Because we don't have any other playmakers or weapons, you know, from a receiver standpoint, we got to get this guy the ball. We got to get, you know, get him going. Um, for me, it'll be interesting to see what kind of shape, Josh Jacobs is in here uh, because, you know, obviously because of all this, you know, new deal, you know, drama, he hasn't been with the team the whole off season or any of the preseason or any of the training camps or anything. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, has he been, you know, staying in shape? Has he been, you know, working on his game, you know, all that stuff while he's been away, you know, away from the team, uh, you know, I'm, you know, week one just around the corner. So we'll see, you know, what kind of, what kind of shape or what football shape he's in and, and, you know, see what he what he can do and i guess it helps somewhat coming in late staying with the same team i mean that helps him and them i think yeah uh coming in late but yeah we'll we'll see how this works out for him and the raiders my question here is where do we go from here with these running backs i Mm -hmm. mean josh jacobs didn't get near the deal he wanted saquon barkley didn't get near the deal he wanted jonathan taylor the colts called his bluff he didn't get traded and now he's on the pup list right I, i mean the you know, people aren't giving up high draft picks to get a running back. Right. 
I, their values at an all time low. I, I don't know where we go from here with these guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be going to be interesting. I mean, it, it seems like it's, uh, you know, uh, a, an NFL philosophy or, you know, something that a group collective, if you will, um, that, you know, yeah, all teams are, you know, don't, don't value the running back like they, like they used to. So I think it's going <laughs> to, I don't know. I don't, I think it's going to take one team maybe to, put some value or, you know, whatever for it, maybe to get back in, into its normal, you know, normal cycle or whatever, but just seems right now that, that teams just aren't, aren't doing it. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know, maybe, maybe it'll come back full circle. I don't know. It it seems like it just keeps getting more pass and pass heavy in Mm -hmm. the, in the league now. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it it recovers, but yeah, I mean, as the, as the defenses learn to, you know, defend that pass heavy league, you know, then the office offenses will come up with something different. Right. Right. So yeah, it may come full circle. You may see this thing turn around in five or six years and the running backs being the premier offensive player in the leagues. Again, it just, you know, it's, and it's not – it won't be something new. It'll just be something recycled. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, right. Yeah, rejuvenated, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I think I think for the Raiders, for Josh Jacobs, this is a, this is a good deal, good, you know, good good for both sides, um, you know, in the sense that without Josh Jacobs, I mean, their backup running back doesn't have a ton of time, mm-hmm. you know, didn't really produce a whole lot last year. Um, you know, a guy that, that, you know, was a rookie last year, um, but you know, didn't get many opportunities to get out there and really showcase himself. Um, but you know, I think yeah, for both both sides, this is key for the Raiders, a big you know offensive playmaker that they need in their in their lineup to keep this you know keep this offense mm-hmm. afloat. I think it's a steal for the Raiders, right? Actually, right. You know, in, and, in a division that's tough, and we'll talk about that division yeah, here that, here shortly. Coming up but, next. but uh, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be good. Hopefully, yeah, it works out. You know. Josh Jacobs has been, yeah, been a great guy, been a, you know, a workhorse for this, for this Raiders team. So we'll and see. They're going to need all the help they can get in, yep. that, in that AFC West. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take a real quick commercial break. Don't leave us. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, thanks for sticking around. We're back live like we said we're gonna talk some more pigskin news um afc west is our rundown conference this week and uh colton we'll let you get it started all right well i got uh got two different teams here but i'll uh, i'll start with the uh the la chargers um team that it went 10 and 10 and 7 last year uh you know good for second in, in the division last year um you know was able to sneak into the sneak into the playoffs but I think ultimately their season is going to be defined by their playoff game against the Jacksonville Jaguars in which they collapsed completely, gave up a 27-point lead to Jacksonville, a, a, you know, a team that in the first half they were far superior, you know, blowing them out, and the second half was the complete opposite. Was a, you know, was a complete debacle. Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, 
kind of is the the, the blemish on a, on a on a decent season for for the Chargers last year. Uh, I think they you know obviously wanted to make a little bit more noise once they you know got into the playoffs, but you know the the NFL gods just gods would just not have it. So, um, but you know it, it was kind of interesting because as much talent is is on this Chargers team, you know going you know after week thirteen last year, this was a team that was sitting at five hundred. Uh, was sitting at six and six, uh, was kind of on the outside looking in as far as playoffs go. Uh, so what do they what do they do? They they win their next four games straight and go ten and six and you know find themselves right there with a locked up you know locked up playoff spot. So they uh, definitely turned it on when they when they needed to. Um, but again, a, a team that you know they got the pieces there. They got you know Joey Bosa. They got Khalil Mack on that defensive line. Uh, you know they they locked down. Um, Justin Herbert in the, in the off season, mm-hmm. uh, their franchise QB, they got big time receivers and Keenan Allen and, uh, Mike Williams. And then they, you know, spent their first round draft pick on the, the big receiver from TCU and, and Quentin Johnson. Um, so I, I think, you know, they, they've got the weapons there. They just, you know, it, it just seems like it doesn't add up for them, you know, when it comes game time, um, you know, on paper, they look like one of the, they look like better team, uh, but they don't always put it, put it all together. So definitely we'll, we'll see how this chargers, you know, chargers team, um, you know, plays out. I think the defense kind of the front seven looks, looks good uh, for me. It, the, the secondary is where it's the weakest and, you know, in an AFC West where you're going up against quarterbacks and Russell Wilson hmm. and Patrick Mahomes and, and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, secondary is probably not where you want to be the weakest. Right. Um, so I think this is, it's a tough division, you know, already, but, uh, you know, I, I think, yeah, when you don't have, you know, a great, a great secondary to, I, I think for the chargers, they, they have great starters. It's, it's the depth. I think that's the, that's the, that's the issue. Um, they don't have a ton of great, you know, great depth, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so, you know, I think this team takes us a, a slight, you know, step back. I think they, they hover around the 500 mark. They go about nine and eight just because this division is, is, is tough. Um, you know, uh, I, I think, yeah, anybody could, could possibly win, possibly win this division. Obviously you got the, you know, Super Bowl defending champs and the chiefs that, you know, got to take them out first. They're, they're the guys that have, uh, been, been at the top of this division for a while now, but yeah, I think that I think the Chargers take a you know take a slight step back and you know go nine and eight and maybe finish third in in the division and you know maybe maybe the Chargers coach is a little bit on the on the hot seat here you know he's only been I think this is his third season I think with the team but you know yeah missing out on on, on the playoffs a couple of times with a team that I think has the talent to really mm-hmm. really compete but you know just can't get over the hump I think is really gonna yeah put. Put the put the Chargers coach kind of on the on the hot seat, so we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a tough one. <clears throat> tough division, Matt. Uh, you want to speaking the the defending champs? You want to yeah. you want to take a crack at Kansas City? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, uh, my assignment was Kansas City this week. This team was fourteen and three a year ago, and as you know, went all the way and won the Super Bowl. Uh, not a lot of additions or subtractions to this team in the offseason, but some of their biggest subtractions were offensive tackle Orlando Brown, wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster. Safety, uh, Juan Thornhill, and wide receiver McCall Hardman. But, uh, you, you know, the, the quarterback there has shown in Patrick Mahomes that he can make any wide receiver a star. I, I don't think it matters who he's throwing to as long as he's got Kelsey to be a safety net. Mm-hmm. I, I think he can make any any wide receiver work. So I'm not too too concerned about these wide receivers that went out the door this offseason. Mm-hmm. 
and looking at their schedule, their schedule lines up pretty nicely for them. Not a ton of real tough opponents <clears throat> compared to a year ago. I, I think probably 14 and three again this year. Some, some of the potential losses I see could be, you know, the Chargers are always a, a chance for a, for upset, a mishap yeah. there and yeah. upset. Yeah. You know, you got Philadelphia, the, mm-hmm. the Super Bowl rematch from a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got uh, the Cincinnati Bengals on, mm. on that schedule always as well. A tough, always a tough game. But, I mean, other than those three, this looks like a very, very winnable schedule mm-hmm. for, for these Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, well, I had the Raiders who, you know, we kind of already talked about with, you know, them re-signing Josh Jacobs, you know, their, their star running back, um, you know. And this is a team that – you know, I, I keep I keep hoping that they're going to break through, you know, and, but they were just never able to do it with Carr at the helm, you know, so they, they go out and get Jimmy G and, you know, we're going to see if, if, you know, if this is the piece of the puzzle that they've been missing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a good quarterback. He, he's, he's smart. Mm-hmm. He manages the game well. You know, and they, you know, they got their journeyman backup and Brian Hoyer, 37 years old. Jeez. And then they, you know, they drafted the kid out of Purdue, Aiden O'Connell on the, in the fourth round out of Purdue. But, you know, they're, they're banking on Jimmy G being their guy. They got not, like I said, not only Josh Jacobs in the backfield, but they got Devonte Adams. They got Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers for him to throw to. Mm-hmm. Um, they got returning vets on the defense and Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. And they went out and picked up. In the first round, you know, the edge rusher, Tyler Wilson, 6'6", 275, mm. seventh overall, that, you know, had great stats. He played for Texas A&M and Texas Tech his last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, they added, I think, maybe a, a piece of the puzzle there on the defensive. I look, They went 6-11 and 11 last year. You know, I'm not – I don't have any, you know, mal – position or like false hopes that they're going to overtake Kansas city as right. the, as the star of this league. And then like Colton said, you still got the charter setting there too, mm-hmm. but you know, six and 11 last year, I look at this is a team that could go, could break 500, eight, mm-hmm. and nine, nine and eight, you yeah. know, and, and you know, uh, who knows, you know, we see teams with losing records get in the right, playoffs. Right. So yeah. and the style of play Garoppolo, you got to look for Hunter Renfro to have a huge season mm-hmm. being that kind of possession receiver, yeah. short over right. the middle kind of stuff. Yeah, like I said, he I mean, manages matches the up game. well. Right. Jimmy manages the game well. So, you know, I, mean, I look for him to be better. But, uh, you know, like I said, I have no no false hopes that they're going to overtake Kansas City for right. the as the dominant team in the AFC West. But yeah. I'm hoping for big team, you know, big things out of the silver and black. This yeah. Year. I mean, obviously to, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, sure. you know, this division has not been able to figure out that, that puzzle that is the Kansas city chiefs, you know, not on a consistent basis. They may catch them, you know, a game here, a game there, whatever. But for the most part, they've been, you know, pretty dominant, you know, not only in their own division, but in, yeah, that's in a good the point, Colton. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what, what do you have to do to beat this team? They, mm. they like Matt said, it was, uh, Mahomes just makes everybody out there so right. much better. Right. And, you know, so until you can figure him out, I don't think you, yeah, you, you ain't got much of a I chance. I don't think you figure out that whole team. I right. Mean, right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for, mm. for anybody, let right. alone a team that's, you know, like I said, six and eleven, and bringing in a new quarterback. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it, but it obviously, happens. yeah, the experience is there. You know, Garoppolo is you know only a few years removed from leading you know the 49ers or you know bringing the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Ultimately, you know, came up short against Patrick Mahomes in that you know in that Super Bowl. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, what what he can do on 
you know, new team, new, you know, new colors, new uniform for him. We'll, we'll see what he, what he can do for the, for the silver and black, but, uh, all right, well, I'm going to, I've got the last, last team in the division, the, the Denver Broncos, you know, last team and the team that finished last in the division last year and a team that I don't think anybody saw this coming as far as how bad they were last year. This was a team went five and 12, um, nowhere near making the playoffs. Um, I mean, this was, this was a, a division last year that coming into last off season, we thought, heck, all four teams may possibly be competing for a possible playoff spot. Uh, but Denver definitely got out and, and quickly made fools of everybody. Uh, they, they, you know, brought in obviously Russell Wilson to be their next, you know, franchise QB did not, you know, was not able to get it done. Looked, you know, awful last year, oh. an offense that ranked dead last in points per game last year. Uh, you know, yeah, just a lot of dysfunction. First year head coach last year didn't even make it through the full season before they, you know, pulled the cord on that. Uh, so what do they do? They go out and sign, you know, the, the the offensive guru, the QB whisperer, bring in, you know, head coach, you know, new head coach, uh, Sean Payton, former Saints, you know, head coach to make, turn things around here. And, and, and I think obviously the big question is going to be, can he resurrect, you know, Russell Wilson's career here in Denver, I think. For, in order for Denver to compete in this division, be competitive, it all rests on that big question mark: is are they able to get out of Russell Wilson what they, you know, what we saw in Seattle, or you know, saw some flashes there in, in Seattle? I think hinges on Russell Wilson's, you know, production. But uh, you know, for me, I just I, I still don't know that there's enough talent around Russell Wilson on that on that offensive side of the ball, uh, you know. A, a division, like I said, with with guys like Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, you gotta step up your game. Yeah, yeah, and, and coming into the season, and you have question marks at, at you know at QB. I just don't think that that spells you know good good things for a, for a Broncos squad. Um, you know, I, I think they do improve, but I think that they'll they'll still be kind of the bottom feeder in that in that division. I think that they'll hover around, you know, eight and nine, you know, maybe seven and 10, something like that. I think it will be an improvement. We'll see some improvements, but I just think in a division that's so tough, like this AFC West, I don't know that there's enough to, to make the jump to where we're saying, yeah, this team is, is playoff bound. Oh, that's big volumes for this division when you're saying bottom feeder right. and eight and nine. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's just because they may beat up on each other right. in the sense that, yeah, kind of split series or, you know, everybody somewhat split series with all of the opponents or, you know, all their division opponents. Um, so it's, it's really going to come down to what can you do kind of out, out of conference or whatever. And, and uh, you know, I think the chiefs are set up well, but, you know, going up against some of those, because, because I think the AFC West matches up with the AFC East, which might be the other, you know, best, those two kind of going neck and neck yeah. for the best division in football. So you know, if you don't have a have a complete team, you're going up against you know the AFC East that has the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins, you know the Patriots. That's that's a tough gauntlet right. out, outside of your own division. So it'll be you know be tough for this Broncos team that yeah has question marks at, at, at one of the bet you know important positions here in today's you know today's NFL. But uh, we'll we'll see what uh, see what happens. But yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a competitive division. But ultimately, I think I think the Chiefs are you know the front runners. And again. Before Somebody's got to prove to me that 
there's a better team out there. And, and until I see it, you know, I, I got to, my, my, my money's got to be on the, on the chiefs to you know, continue to, you know, hoist the, hoist the flag and, you know, win that, win that division. All right. Very good. Well, let's move on to the amateur ranks, uh, college football. Great time to be a sports fan. Um, first off, uh, the five games that Colton had on the slate here, Dion's taking his Buffaloes on the road to Fort Worth to take on number 17 TCU a noon game on Saturday. Uh, you know, Dion, you're playing with the big boys now. Yeah. You know, this is a, a playoff team from last year that runner up last yeah, year that, uh, dominated my Michigan team in, yeah. you know, first round there last year and, and not dominated, but, you know, we're able to, we're able to put them away. But, right. um, you know, Vegas has got this at 20, 20 and a half points right now. And quite frankly, fellas, I think TCU covers this. Okay. I don't think. I don't think the Buffaloes are ready for for this for this TCU yeah. this TCU team. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think uh, I, I have to agree. I think TCU gets the win. I don't know that they necessarily cover the spread. I think Colorado can keep it can keep it close. I'm not saying that it's going to be a, a seven point ball game or a three point ball. I think it'll be if they don't cover the spread, it'll be just below below that spread. I think you know Colorado can maybe hang around for for a little bit of time or whatever, but you know, this is a TCU team that, that still has a lot of weapons on, mm-hmm. on the offense and defensive side of the ball. I mean, their starting quarterback, uh, Chandler Morris was a guy that actually was the starter last year for, for TCU that got injured in this Colorado game. Right. And then that started, you know, the historical run that, that Max Duggan had for, for this TCU team. So, you know, they got a competent starter, a guy that you know, has gotten, you know, reps uh, being, being the starter at, at TCU. So uh, when you look at Colorado, obviously, you know, the hype is there around Deion Sanders, but their roster is completely, I mean, it's almost a hundred percent different from what they even had. 10 returning players from right, a year ago. Right. And, and then that's not even starters. That's just players. players. Yeah, yeah. They, they almost have, you know, they went to the transfer portal, pretty much have a whole new team and, and coming in week one, going on the road against, you know, a, a tough big 12 opponent. Uh, I just don't know that. Yeah, it's gonna gonna be there for for this Colorado team, but uh, I like them to stay competitive. But ultimately, TCU win. But you know, I, I think that gives them a bit of an advantage having a completely new team. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're gonna win, but I think this is a lot closer than 20 and a half. Okay. You know, Coach Prime's bringing in a team that nobody can scout because mm-hmm. they they haven't seen any of these guys play mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. You know, and and really the the biggest acquisition in the offseason for Colorado was Prime Time's son. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shador. Shador Sanders, yeah. he threw for over 6,000 yards a year ago. Now, I know that was again in the, uh, HBCU. In the HBCU, but right. the throw for 6,000 yards takes accuracy and consistency. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you're playing against. Right. So, I mean, the kid's got talent. Mm-hmm. He can also run around the pocket. He can move. He can make plays with right. his legs. So, I mean, the kid's a complete package. Mm-hmm. If, if he's even half of that mm-hmm. in, in this league, they're going to they're gonna be in games. They're, oh, yeah. they're going to run with teams. This team was 1-11 a year ago. I don't see that happening again this year. They're going to be much improved. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're going to win the conference. I'm not even saying they're going to win this game. It's going to be a lot closer than 20 and a half, though, but I got TCU ultimately winning. Yeah, All right, very good. Uh, Next one, uh, the rest of the slate. Colton, you must plan on everybody staying up late because all the rest of these are night games. Uh, (laughs) Good thing it's a holiday weekend. Um, You know, the Mountaineers are going to Happy Valley to take on Penn State, a a night game at Happy Valley. You know, you know what that atmosphere is going to be. And, you know, Penn State comes in ranked seventh in the country, which – 
you know, we talked about last week, I think is a little bit high for, you know, a new quarterback coming in. But, uh, again, a 20-and-a-half spread in this game, too. And, you know, let me, let me hear your guys' thoughts before I make my prediction. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and start here. So, you know, this is Penn State's first time opening with a Power 5 opponent mm. since 2001. Mm, mm. So, you know, they're, they're used to opening up the season with, with some cupcakes mm-hmm. and getting that easy – easy win out of the way. Right. So this is going to be a little different for them this year. Uh, they're also breaking in a new quarterback and they lost their best offensive lineman a year ago to the NFL draft. So, right. you know, they're, they're breaking in some new guys at some very important positions, which led us to believe they were kind of overranked to start this thing. Yeah. Uh, but, but you've got uh, West Virginia who, who's you know, got, got a pretty good offensive lineman themselves returning and a, a very good running game. So mm-hmm. I, I look for them to try to grind it out and, and yep. you know, take some clock. And I, I think this is going to be a low-scoring affair between these two teams with, with Penn State breaking in some new guys. Yep. That, that's going to create create a little havoc and, and you know, some little chaos there. Right. So I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be closer than that 20-and-a-half-point spread. But mm-hmm. ultimately, Penn State's got too much talent against this West Virginia team. Penn yeah. State gets it done. Yeah, yeah, I got to agree. I got I got Penn State in this one. I think it, it could get interesting. Uh, I think it's kind of two somewhat contrasting styles or, you know, something's kind of got to give here. Uh, you know, I think both teams want to try to establish the run. Um, this is this is a team, you know, West Virginia team that went 5-0 and last year when they rushed for over 200 yards or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the flip side, Penn State only allowed one opponent all year last year to rush for 200 yards, and that was Michigan. And and nobody could stop that rushing right. attack. Michigan is the, the cream of the crop when it comes to the you know the the, the yeah. run game. So West Virginia, in my opinion, they got nowhere near the yeah. talent you know from from a running back you know perspective. Um, so I think you know this this Penn State defense. As good as it was last year, they may be even better, you know, this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys there to, you know, from from front to back that, that can, you know, get after the ball and, and, and be playmakers. Uh, I think the difference for me in this one also is West Virginia was 118th last year in turnover margin. Mm-hmm. They they turned the ball over a ton. Um, and on the flip side, you know, Penn State was 10th, top 10 in, in turnover margin. So Penn State takes care of the ball. West Virginia, you know, kind of willy-nilly with it. I, I think playing it on the road at Penn State night game, I think it's just too tough for, for a West Virginia team to overcome. I like the, you know, the Nittany Lions to get it done. I think they, I think they cover. cover Do you really? Spot. Wow. I mean, I think, I, I agree with Matt. I think it, the only thing that would change my mind is it might be a high-scoring game is if the defense score points. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I think Penn State's defense has capability to do that. Um, I think with the questions at the QB though, and but I think like like Colton said, a night game at Happy Valley obviously pushes them over the top. But I don't think Penn State's going to cover that spread. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to take the money against covering the spread. All right. Uh, another night game, uh, ACC North SEC, Carolina, yeah, SEC ACC, ACC yeah. matchup in a neutral field, Bank of America in, in, in Charlotte Stadium or Bank of America Stadium in, in Charlotte. Number 21, North Carolina, coming in against South Carolina, the Gamecocks. Um, North Carolina is only, you know, favored by two and a half points the last time I looked at the spread. So, Colton, what do you think about this game? Yeah, this is going to be – I think it's a tight one. I think it's going to be – that spread's going to be, you know, right All around right. right around the money where it, where it needs to be. Uh, ultimately, I think, you know, North Carolina gets it done. Uh, this, again, was a, a South Carolina team that – towards the end of the season pulled off two great upsets, major upsets against Tennessee and, and Clemson and kind of ruined their, you know, college football playoff hopes or whatever. 
Um, so, you know, can they kind of rekindle that magic to start this season out? Obviously, they bring back, you know, QB Spencer Rattler. But, mm-hmm. you know, on the flip side, you know, North Carolina's got maybe right. the best quarterback in, in, you know, number one pick, potential number one overall pick next year and next year's draft. Uh, so it'll be, you know, this thing could get some high scoring because I don't think either one of these two teams have a have a defense. Mm-hmm. We could be seeing, yeah, some some up and down football, but ultimately I like I like the confidence. I like you know the the more experienced you know guy in, in Drake May for for North Carolina. This was South Carolina team last year that turned the ball over almost thirty times last year uh, total, which was you know almost dead last as far as you know number of turnovers. I just think Can't in a tight in a tight ball that. game or whatever. I think North Carolina's defense may come up with a, a big play, you know, late in the game. Uh, I like North Carolina to win, but yeah, just barely cover cover that spread. Well, I, I feel like we we kind of copied notes here because my notes say exactly the same <laughs> thing. I got Drake May versus Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. Both teams bad defenses. Right. This thing's going to be a shootout. Mm-hmm. But you, you got to go with the with the with the better quarterback mm-hmm. in this case, and that's that's Drake May. UNC yeah. winning a yeah. close yeah. one. Can, yeah. can Rattler get back to his early season form? You know, he was setting the world on fire early in the season last year, and then you know, kind of kind of faded a little bit towards the end. But you know, until the end of the season there. Right. But I mean, uh, that's that's a guy. You know, obviously a former five star. You right. know, five star guy that was he, played for Oklahoma and looked like right. the next great Oklahoma QB and. Right. You know, just got yeah. a lot of favor in Oklahoma. Right, and, right. So can he, you know, you know this uh, guy that can do it. I, I think North Carolina covers the spread in, in a tight one. They're not going to cover by much, but I, I like I like them going, you know, to a neutral field. And, and like you said, the quarterback play, I, I like the way they take care of the ball. And, and you know, I, I look for them to cover the spread here. I, I like that. All right. Uh, next night game. Got South Alabama and Tulane playing at Yulman Stadium in, in New Orleans. Tulane's ranked 24th in the country, but they're only getting six and only uh, favored by six and a half points. You a little surprised at that? Um, I don't think so. Uh, this is a South Alabama team that I think finished 10 and three last year. You know, lost mm-hmm. lost a close bowl game as well. So you know, easily could have been 11 and two. You know, one of the top uh, you know teams you probably haven't heard of or you know didn't know that that much about, but uh, this this is South Alabama team that brings back, you know, their leading quarterback. You know, the guy that led them in in passing, mm-hmm. bring back their running back who led them in rushing, mm-hmm. and bring back their receiver who led them in receiving yards. So three guys on your offense that you're bringing back, you know that that usually spells pretty good things for you know an offense that that had a lot of firepower you know last year. But you know, on on the flip side with Tulane. They bring back four of their five offensive linemen um, as far as starters, you know, starters go. Um, and then they got a, a special QB in in their own right in, in Michael Pratt, a guy that threw for uh, over 3,000 yards and then uh, rushed for almost 500 and had 10 rushing touchdowns as a, as a quarterback. So a guy that's kind of dynamic can do a little bit, little bit of both. Um, you know, I, I think this one is closer than that six and a half, but I ultimately mm. think Tulane – Two lane pulls it out, but man, this could this could be a real a real upset here in the in the first week. Well, I'll go with our first not so fast, my friend, and that right. prognostication here. Yeah. I'm going with South Alabama to get an upset in All this right. game. I got him as my yeah. upset special. Yeah. Too, I mean, that their defense was third in the country last year in rushing yards allowed mm-hmm. per game, yeah. and they returned almost that entire defense. Uh, you know, in Tulane, they're looking to replace their star NFL bound running back and Ty J Spears. Mm-hmm. So th- they're losing that production on offense. Right. Uh, the quarterback's not going to be able to run around like he has against this rush defense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I like South Alabama to, to 
to slow the Tulane offense down and, yeah. and, and do enough to, to pull the upset here and get the win. All right. I, I like it too, Matt. I'm my upset special of the week, and I, mine for maybe a different reason. More more of the uh, things that Colton mentioned. You know, the returning that offensive mm-hmm. firepower from last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think gets South Alabama a, a big win here to start the season. Yeah, yeah. All right, the last one, the big one. This is a Sunday night game, actually, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in Orlando Camping World Stadium in Orlando. Yep. Uh, number five LSU going up against Florida State. Number five in the country against number eight in the country. Right. I mean, a college football playoff matchup in week one. If yeah, you will. It's, so it's awesome. You yeah. know, it, you know LSU's returning Jaden Daniels, six four, two hundred ten pound senior, seventeen TDs and only three picks last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you got LSU favored by two and a half points. Mm-hmm. I like LSU to cover. All right, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with your dad on this one. I like LSU to cover as well. Jaden Daniels is only getting better. You know, he he started off last year in this game and made made some mistakes down the stretch that ultimately cost him in that close loss to Florida State. He's not going to make those same mistakes this year. I I think that LSU defense is going to get even better. Chip Kelly in his second season with this team, I, I, I think LSU has enough. That to win by leader, two and a half plus that senior leadership, I yeah. think gets it done for him. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I like, I like LSU, but I, I, I would say don't, don't sleep on Florida State. I mean, they do have their own, you know, quarterback in Jordan Travis, who you know is right there in the hunt for you know potential Heisman as well. They bring back a ton of you know receivers and whatnot on that offensive side of the ball. So I'd say that this, this is, I think, gonna, you know, we're gonna get what we're you know, what we're paying for. I think this is going to be, yeah, almost like we're watching a, a college football playoff, you know, game. Uh, I think we're going to have some some back and forth here. But, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately, yes, I do do like the LSU Tigers to, to get it done. I think they're the more complete team or more of the complete package compared to, you know, Florida State. Uh, this, this is a Florida State team that allowed um, six different times last year for teams to rush 140, you know, have 140 more, 140 rushing yards or more uh, six different times last year. And, and, and this LSU team can can run the ball. I mean, they do have some, you know, some some decent guys in the backfield. Uh, you know, Noah Kane, the former, you know, five-star running back for for Penn State that, you know, was solid for for the Nittany Lions, you know, playing, playing here for – for LSU, uh, but yeah, uh, ultimately, you know, Jaden Daniels is the you know the big guy that you know keeps that motor going on the offensive side of the ball. But yeah, I think this is going to be going to be a good one, neutral you know neutral field, um, you know somewhat neutral. Obviously, Florida State still located in the state of Florida, mm-hmm. so I'm sure that their fans will travel will travel well. But uh, yeah, it could be I, I think could be you know a, a kind of a back and forth battle. I mean, these two teams did face off last year and. LSU, if they hadn't missed an extra point, you know, gotten an extra point block, they would have, you know, would have beaten uh, Florida State last year. So, you know, we got a competitive one last year. I think both these teams only got better, you know, compared to, you know, compared to last year. Yeah, so I think we're, their, you know, high in ranking here to start the season. Right. I'd, I say think, the, I'd say the odds makers are betting on the same thing. Right. I think, uh, yeah, we're in for another, you know, another tight battle. But ultimately, I think, yeah, the LSU Tigers get it, get it done. <clears throat> All right. Very good. Well, that's our show for this week. You know, enjoy your college football weekend. Uh, your favorite team's playing somewhere, I'm right, sure. So, right. you know, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good weekend to watch football. You know, fall's kind of been in the air here in central Ohio the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, get out there, get out there and enjoy this, this college football weekend. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts, Colton Cow, Chief Rob Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week and, 
If you want to hear other topics, future episodes, or you know you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, uh, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, we do have an Instagram. Um, if you search for fired up uh, underscore pod, fired up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find uh, all of our past episodes and just a little bit of information about the show. Um, and as always, you can you know find our show and this episode and all of our past episodes on Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So, you know, all the big all the big podcast platforms, you can find our show. So appreciate you all listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.